Hello and welcome back to Football Gantron, the only English podcast dedicated to Armenian football. I am your host, Adam, and I am joined here by the usual suspects in Chadens, Armen, and Tiro. How are you guys doing today? Confused. <laughs> okay, confused. Got it, got it. Um, well, before we jump right in, we have a ridiculously packed episode and we have a lot of material to get through. Uh, so please, if you like what we do, uh, follow us on our social media, on our Instagram and Twitter at Football Gantron. Uh, subscribe to our podcast and our YouTube channel, which is live now. Uh, listen to all our previous episodes like Future Stars 1 and 2 because we're Oracle geniuses. And obviously you should be listening to every episode anyway. Um, and you can notice things that we just randomly uh, pull out. Whew. Okay, well, boys, a <laughs> lot to get through. Let's start domestically in Armenia. The Armenia Cup final took place last weekend, where Ararat Yerevan won their first silverware of the season after defeating Alashkert 3-1 in the cup final. Vardan Bichakchan, the father of Armenian national team winger Vaham Bichakchan, led Ararat to their first trophy in over a decade with a very convincing win over Abraham Khashmanian's Alashkert side. Agvan Papikian scored an absolute banger of a goal that we posted all over social media, so, I mean, I hope you saw it by now. And Ararat took the first European spot uh, from Armenia. They will be competing in the UEFA Europa Conference League uh, in its inaugural season, and they will be starting in the first qualifying round. As a result of bad performances, the Alashkert manager, Khashmanian, was relieved of his duties, and he was replaced by Alexander Grigorian. Now, Grigorian has managed in Armenia before with Urardu uh, this season, actually, but he was fired. But before that, he has managed RPL sides Tambov, Khimki, and Anzi. So he has plenty of very, very big top flight experiences, and he's already won two consecutive matches in a row with very solid performances. And he's currently top of the table and a, pretty much three points away from winning the title after two weeks of being in charge, which is which is pretty crazy. Um, and that takes us into the Armenian Premier League title race, uh, where Alashkert and Noah are now the only two clubs that are competing for the title and for the UEFA Champions League spot. The scenario breaks down like this. Alashkert need a win or a draw to win the title. Now, they can win and then flat out no one can catch them. But if they draw... Noah has to lose or draw for Alashkert to win. Now, if Noah is going to win the title, Noah has to win and Alashkert need to draw or lose. So statistically speaking, Alashkert seems to have the much better chance at this current moment in time. The matches are going to take place this Friday, May 28th, and Alashkert take on Arara Armenia, Arara take on Shirak, Noah take on Van and Punic take on Urardu. Uh, and this was something that uh, Tito and I were actually talking about before the um, before uh, we started recording. Uh, Tito, talk talk us through a little bit about the European scenario because there's still one or two spaces up for grabs, right? Yep. Um, so Alashkar is already uh, qualified uh, for European competitions. And Ararat Yerevan has already uh, qualified for the Conference League because they won the uh, National Cup. So Noah uh, would have to lose nine 
Zero and Urardu <laughs> and Ararat Armenia. Uh, you never know. You never know. Need to win. <laughs> and in that scenario, Noah would wouldn't play European uh, competitions. But the the most important uh, fight would be between Ararat Armenia and Urardu. Both have uh, 35 points and they are both third and fourth. So, so let me yeah. pose this question to you guys as There's, a group. W- what do you think is going to happen? First first of all, who's going who's gonna to win the league? Is it going to be Alashkert or is it going to be Noah? Armen, let's start with you. What do you think? Honestly, uh, <laughs> they're both pretty similar to me. Uh, because uh, in my opinion, Ararat has been the overall the best performing team because they've managed to like be on the top of the mm-hmm. APL and win the cup, mm-hmm. and that's no small feat, you know. And uh, so I'm glad for for Coach Vatan. What a coach, man! And imagine but now they're this. now they're sitting fifth though. That's the thing. Yeah, that's how close it is by now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and 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 even then they're sitting fifth, like uh, six points behind the first place. So it's not even far, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you said it. That's how close it's been. And I'm going back to Ararat Yerevan. I'm glad they managed to win the cup and play Conference League because it's a way easier cup for a team that has what it takes to get to group stage there. And as for title race, imagine if coach uh, Alexander Grigorian takes the helm of Alashkert and ends up winning the league title just playing two games. That would be sick. Look, I think if if they have if they keep Davidian for next season, I could see them making the conference league. I, I think he is Grigorian is a very good coach. You and mean he, David, Davidian? Yeah, sorry, yeah, I meant Davidian. Uh, good. Good, he stayed. Good but, but also part of me hopes he doesn't stay. We'll talk about him more later. Oh. <laughs> All right. Uh, now we have some news from abroad. Chalens, what do you got for us? Hovane Samparsumian has won the Cyprus Cup with Anorthosis. He did not play due to injury, but was integral in the lead-up. Um, the European Conference League spot in the quarterfires is guaranteed because of it. His contract expires next week, but we're... Uh, completely unclear with what he will do next. Uh, Greek second division was won by Yonikos, uh, as we covered it all over social media. The Blue Rangers Brigade is based in a heavily Armenian-populated area in Athens, which is close to Olympiagos, uh, where um, GG10, Razarian, uh, used to play. Uh, and also, there's an Armenian in the squad. His name is Vasilios Porosian who's been mostly a substitute uh, in all the season, but he he's a diehard fan of Yonigos. Um, and because if, as they are promoted, uh, we have Charlie Sear from, uh, in Abolon and uh, Razarian in Lamia, who are Armenians playing in the Super League. So altogether, there's possibly going to be three if, if everything remains the same. And... Um, from Slovakia we've got Vahan Bichakchan who came on as a late substitute in extra time uh, 
but they lost the final uh, with a score of 2-1. Uh, it's still European Conference League spot guaranteed again, which is pretty good. And we've got a transfer, uh, Varastad Haroyan, who's reportedly signed with La Liga side, Cadiz. He's, it's not officially announced yet, uh, by the way, so that's why we don't have 100% official pictures. He will be joining the Spanish side this summer and will be the second Armenian national team footballer who is going to be playing in Spain. Uh, Arazos Bilis had a long spell in uh, Rayo Vallecano a few years ago. Boys, what do you think? Huge. That's what I think. Um, I think if Edgar Savikian also commits to Armenia, then we have two Armenians playing in La Liga. Um, but no, it's in all seriousness, though, Haroyan, our captain, uh, emphasis, our captain, 100% deserves a transfer like this, and I just wish it happened sooner. Well, yeah, I think he mm-hmm. deserves it. Spain, Spain is big. Yeah, yeah I, I think the same. I really want to see him playing in a in a great uh, level, uh, in a top uh, level league. Yeah, top, so, top five. Yeah, I don't know because I, I, I didn't watch <laughs> Cadiz uh, matches, but I hope he could uh, he can compete in that level. And yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine uh, him just uh, slide tackling Messi just from the back, like and just uh, around, but, just lay uh, out? I think, I yeah. think uh, right now the most uh, important part of this deal, if it happens, is that he would. It's like more uh, flashes for us because mm-hmm. he will be competing in a top league level. Yeah, more attention for Armenian national. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and. I agree. It could have happened sooner, but he he was supposed to go to Greece uh, last year. He didn't go because of the war. Instead, uh, he ended up going to Armenia during the war and helping out with uh, donations for a week. Uh, he's like he's really captain material, and we're very happy for him. Uh, like genuinely, you know, he deserves this. So, yeah, oh, I mean, the future looking of, bright, bro. Yeah, and, and speaking of the future, we have uh, Eduard Spertian, who has reportedly made a decision on his future. We all thought he was likely going to leave Krasnodar, but it seems as though he has signed a three-year contract extension with the Russian Premier League side. Now, we have no details on this on this deal uh we have no idea if it includes first team action uh and we're assuming it does because of you know that the nature of his situation in krasnodar we would hope that he would be smart enough to not sign a deal that doesn't guarantee him first team play considering how he's in a very pivotal um pivotal i honestly want to know who manages him who's his agent you know because but for the quality of player that he is I mean, remember everyone uh, listening to our previous podcasts that Spertian is, by our assessment, one of the best young Armenian talents around present and future. Mm-hmm. And he's being frozen out shamefully in Russia, and he needs to get out of there, hopefully, for me, hopefully. And I say this with an absolutely no certainty, but I do hope 
that the extension is strictly due to, you know, a bigger sale, like that Krasnodar trying to cash in yeah. big. Yeah, that's like exactly really, right. never know. That's, that's the thing, bro. You, you never know, you know? Yeah. I hope there's no release clause, like a like an overvalued release clause or something. And then, but but that's probably what are, it is. He's he's one of the highest valued players in in his uh, in his division in Russia, and and he's only he, 20 years old. So he's bro they, today he just released. he just got chosen best player of the Russian second division. He mm-hmm. was the first the the youngest Armenian national team to play. With a Champions League one year younger than Heno when he made his debut, uh, he scored on his uh, debut national team game and won the penalty that got us the three points. I don't understand. I hope he leaves now, like yesterday. That's the thing. Unlike Shahoyan, we had no idea who what the interest was in Spertian. You know, it was zipped. We had no clubs linked, nothing. But I, I'm weird. guessing, like we say, the biggest moves happen in silence. Uh, it mm-hmm. can very much be they put a 20 million release clause on him, and if any club wants him, they're gonna have to pay Krasnodar that much. And yeah, that, because uh, release clause wasn't uh, wasn't disclosed in the open, wasn't it? Yeah, of course it wasn't. All we know is that he signed the extension. We literally have no details at all. Shady, bro. Shady. That's shady right there. Welcome to Russia. Well, um, <laughs> moving on. Speaking of agents, actually, Jira Shalvian might have a new agent. Uh, formal, former Azuri uh, and World Cup winner with Italy in 2006, Christian Zaccaro, posted in, on his Instagram, which has now actually been deleted from what I've seen. Um, no, a, it, uh, it was a story and it ended 24 hours. Yeah, it expired. And it expired. There you go. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I'm not Instagram savvy. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> apparently, and from the looks of it, he is actually an agent. He does represent several players, and he is very well connected in the Italian uh, system. And Shaoyan uh, was was called, what, the best player born in 2001, something along the lines. That's what the Instagram post said, or the story, rather. Uh, guys, is a move to Italy on the cards for Girard? Hopefully, I mean... He he's definitely good enough, and if now Zaccaro is uh, his new agent, which apparently he is, oh boy, we're excited. Yeah, I mean Sevilla sounded pretty good to me, uh, and we had this discussion in length in the previous episode. If you want to go listen to that, uh, but you know what? I wouldn't mind him and uh, him and um, uh, Bichakjan in Napoli. <laughs> that would that would be pretty cool. Um, uh, yeah. Speaking yeah. of Italy. Uh, Henrik Mkhitaryan has reportedly made up with Mourinho and wants to stay at Roma. We don't know much. That's pretty much all we know. Uh, and it's come out today that uh, apparently the um, former Bayern Munich manager and current manager of uh, Monaco, Nico Kovac, has said mm-hmm. that he wants Mkhitaryan to come play at Monaco. Uh, Mkhitaryan has drawn interest from several clubs, uh, including Monaco. Juventus and AC Milan to name a few and there's also of course the never-ending interest from Russia and we know he wants to stay but we also know he wants to play Champions League um we don't know what move he's going to make apparently he and his agent uh, Mino Raiola are going to be making the decision in the coming few days so uh we'll probably know very soon where Henrik will end up well another superstar uh who we are very passionate about here in football, Gentron, named Sargis Adamian, has been on fire lately. Right, Anman? 
my boy, our boy, really, because what a season. I mean, we were waiting for Sago to play for months with his new coach at Hoffenheim after Schroeder got sacked for not or he resigned for a reason. This new coach came in, uh, Sebastian Hoynes, and he benched Sako. Like, all of a sudden, second-best Hoffenheim performer last season got benched and was absolutely out of sight. But by the last few months, when Hoffenheim did so bad this season, this was Hoffenheim's actually worst season since like in five or six years so they were basically out of every fight for european spots by a couple months ago before season got like ended and uh coach decided it was time to play the substitutes the guys he didn't like among them was some sarkis adamian so he ended up playing he ended up scoring and assisting with like non-stop during the little time he's got uh his hat and speaking of stats we has hit we have his uh yeah the two as we said two last Bundesliga games for Sako one goal this weekend against Hertha Berlin a beautiful goal and one assist and also beautiful because that's how Sako plays against Arminia Bielefeld so overall, this Bundesliga season, Sako ended up with 470 minutes, which is nothing, like five games, two goals and three assists. That's overall five direct goal participations, almost one every match. Like every game you had Sako participating in a goal directly. Uh, not to mention Lida plays like last weekend, also against Hata when he started to play in Kramaric's late winner. He, with so, with three assists, Sako became overall, in absolute terms, this is like facts, the third best assister in the entire squad, as we said, having played little to no time. And for reference, you know, Sako has scored one goal every 94 minutes. One goal every game, literally. For reference, Kramaric, Hoffenheim's best player, Croatia starter. We're going to go over that in a while. Uh, Kramaric scored also scored one goal every 92 minutes, just like Sako. Bebu, the third, uh, yeah, the third best performer, one goal every 140 minutes. And then it's even worse for the rest of the squad. Sako literally has Kramaric types of numbers. That's how good Sako was this season. Uh, yeah, and in Europa League, he played only, check this one out, he played only 115 minutes. <laughs> you know, that's literally a, a game and 20 minutes. Scored two goals in that time. That's one goal in 60 minutes. It's literally insane. Uh, it's, it's what Sako doesn't deserve this, you know, doesn't deserve to be benched the way it was. And uh, this Hoyness guy ended up being a complete clown for Hoffenheim. No disrespect, but that's how it is. They, they did awful in the German Cup, in the Pokal. 
So yeah, Sako overall, third top assister after Bebu and Kramaric. But those two assists, those two players have played five times more than Sako. Uh, so overall, Sako was literally the best assister in the team with one assist every 160 minutes. That's, I mean, <laughs> that was huge. We we really don't exaggerate when we say Sako is way too good for this, at least this Hoffenheim squad. It would have been different when Hoffenheim had, you know, uh, Fermino, Kevin Voland, uh, Nagelsmann, you know. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, but now, today, and in, in last season too, when they actually got to European spots, and Sako was playing, coincidentally, in both seasons, Sako has spent at Hoffenheim. He was one of the best, and he played little to no time. So as if quality appreciation was not enough on our behalf, as we usually do quality appreciations, the stats now confirm what we have always talked about. Whether it's in the group chat or, or here on, on air, Sako just is too good, you know? And he said it himself. Adam, you know, can you tell us what Sako said in Manucharian's show? Yeah, so he went on Edgar Manucharian's show last month, I believe, and he said, I need to get more playing time. I'm not happy with my situation here. Either the club makes a change and the manager goes or I go. Um, and he intends to stay in the Bundesliga or in a top five European league at worst. Um, but he definitely ruled out going to Russia, uh, which we know that he's had like a, a humongous offer from. And he was like, no, because I actually want to <laughs> play good football. <laughs> You'll be yeah, right. Yeah, he's uh, if, if Klopp was smart, he would sign him. You're a gun. <laughs> well, I, that this is just uh, phase one of what we expect. He's definitely be. good enough, though. Oh, I completely agree. And and any manager, for, at least any for good bench. manager knows how to use him. Uh, even, yeah. I mean, he could start in most clubs, in my opinion, in the top five league. Uh, and, exactly. and we know that other teams know his quality. We just kind of have to be patient, just like with a lot of the players uh, that are going to be moving around this summer, like we anticipate and we spoke about in our last episode. There's like 15 to 20 players that are probably going to make moves this summer. Uh, and it's just about being patient and hoping that they have their representatives that make the right decision. Well, speaking of making right decisions, Joaquin Caparos has called up <laughs> a group you of went players there. You went there. Okay. for the Armenian national team's two friendly matches uh, next week against Croatia on June 1st and Sweden on June 6th. Now, we're going to go over the squad and talk about some of the controversies and some of the decisions that were made. Uh, starting in the goalkeeper spot, we have David Yurchenko, of course, goalkeeper at Alashkert, the Armenia's number one undisputed starter, uh, and will very much likely uh, be playing probably the first half of each of these games, I'm assuming. And then we have Grigor Melikshetyan, who has made a handful of appearances for the senior Armenian national team. Uh, he is 34 years old, and he has not played for Armenia uh, for a very long time. He had only is made he... one... Go is ahead. he the same Melik Setian from before or the younger brother? I, I'm assuming it's the same because of the age. The same, the same one, yeah. So he he's yeah. the he's the older brother and he's the one that uh he's only made one competitive appearance. That was against Serbia and it was a 2-0 loss. Uh, it wasn't fun fact. Bad. Well, no, fun fact, we've never won when he's played. Next up <laughs> is Arman Nersesian, 
who is the goalkeeper for Bekma uh, and Armenia under 21. So uh, very excited to see him, and hopefully he gets 45 but, minutes. Um, no, no, he's also been called for the under 21. I don't think he's playing. Uh, I think he might play against Croatia. I think he might get 45 minutes against Croatia. Mm, could be. Yeah. So, well, I mean, we'll see, hopefully. Uh, moving on to defenders, Tito, who do we got? We got uh, Varasdad Haroyan, our captain. Yeah. We have Andrei Chalicer, Kamo Hovannisian, Daron Boskanian, Hagop Hagopian, and Ooh. two players from Arara de Armenia, Albert uh, Hachumian, and David Tartarian. I think that, well, <laughs> of course, uh, Hampar Tumian is injured, so he wasn't called, but... Uh, I want to see what are we going to do with the number four, uh, the the right back. Yeah. Uh, Come on. That, that's what Ted, uh, well, I, I that's was... what Derdian is for. Derdian he plays right back for Arda Armenia. Um, I'm I'm kind of disappointed it's not Jordi Arda because yeah, I, I think I he's think... the best fullback in the league in my opinion. Um, uh, I mean. I guess there's always gonna be people you're gonna be disappointed they gone missing. There's Ararat. There's also Girard uh, Markarian, I believe, from Ararat, uh, okay. who's had an uh, insane season. As we said, winning the the Armenian Cup and fighting for the tie, for the APL till the end, and he's also being left out. I am optimistic for the one that wasn't left out. Left out. That that is uh, David Tarderian, under 21 player and i've liked how he plays for a while now and i'm very excited to see a little bit of him at least because always u21 uh qualifying spots are more important than friendlies uh so if he gets some time i'm gonna be good i think uh well one another one i'm actually excited to see is uh Khachumian. Uh, he's also pretty much broken into the Adara Armenia first team in the second half of the season, similar to what uh, Eric Simonian did at Urardu. And again, I'm, I'm disappointed Simonian is not included in this squad, but from the looks of it, it looks like Kaparos is rotating between young defenders and he's trying to get a feel of which defender is going to help the most. So uh, I think we will see Simonian. Simonian, of course, was called up for the under-21 team, uh, who we'll be talking about in a little bit later. But Khachumian is going to get very good experience learning from Haroyan and Chalisir. So I, I think it's going to be wonderful for them. By the way, another important and interesting uh, point is that Hagop Hagopian, who has previously featured as a creative slash uh, all-around midfielder, He's now being considered uh, as a defender by Cabarros. And we know that Agopian's favorite positions are central slash defensive midfield or fullback. So in this case, we will probably see Agopian being used as a fullback during this mm-hmm. couple of friendlies. Yeah, he's been playing wing back for Urardu in the past few weeks. So that it, it makes cool. sense. Uh, let's go now to the midfield. Charents, walk us through who has been called up. We know most of them uh, <laughs> because of the Nations League and because of their performances. Uh, it's Vahan Bichakchan starting uh, the midfielders. Uh, we've got Dikran Barserian along with Joren Bayramian and Evrok Khazarian. Eduard Spetsian is coming again to this squad. 
Karen Muratyan, Arta Grigorian, Shirar Shagoyan, Ubey Marangulo, and David Davidian. Very interesting midfield uh, call-ups here. Uh, let's start with Davidian. Uh, I had mentioned him earlier in when I was talking about the Armenian Premier League and Alashkert. He is a dynamic winger, uh, and he loves to take on players. I mean, he's not afraid to dribble or to try to dribble past people. And the good thing about him is he tends to do it successfully um, almost every time. And he has very, very solid assist stats in the Armenian Premier League. He actually assisted Alashkert's goal today uh, by, I think it was, he like, sprinted or like he turned the ball like he turned the ball in between two defenders sprinted past them crossed it in with his right foot and it was tapped in for a goal so he's been playing wonderfully and i'm very 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 excited and i hope he gets a good amount of minutes i think we can see we can tell from how uh, the lineup will look you can Mm -hmm. kind of tell with the amount of with the number of uh, players in each in each uh position yeah yeah I think it's going to um, be like 4 to 3 1 or something. So clearly, central midfield options here are Angulo, Grigorian, Muradian, Spertian. So we have two ball playing midfielders yeah. in Muradian and Spertian. We have two defensive ones in Grigorian and Angulo. Uh, what do you guys think about leaving off Udo from the list? It's fine, uh, I think. I wouldn't because, because it's international games in general. Uh, it's it's friendlies, so I think in general I was not expecting big names. That's why I'm a little surprised with the midfielders being a lot of the well-known ones, mm-hmm. rather than uh, from Armenian Premier League, because yeah. I thought Kaparos would give a chance of more combinations to try, so that we can see which players he should really really consider for the next World Cup qualifiers. Because the next World Cup qualifiers is not just three games in 10 days Mm -hmm. it's it's two three months and it's a matter of testing and then performing testing performing yeah but we cannot he cannot rely on the testing too much and i think the generally from the looks of the squad we have 12 players that played domestically uh in armenia and kaparos has said he wants to give those players a shot and to me it seems like he's kind of looking at backup options um maybe Mm -hmm. not even necessarily options off the bench but just in case someone gets injured uh let's say can khachumyan come in if kawasir gets injured for example can khachumyan come in and play as uh, that bench central defender because we know he's more likely to start Voskanian. He's not going to start Khachumian, but let's say he's going to, he has to make a center back substitution mid game. Can he trust Khachumian to be subbed in and do the job? I think it's that's a five letter word. Trying. It's a five letter word that I always say whenever we talk about squads depth, depth. depth. That's what he's looking for depth, nothing else. Yeah. Um, and Armin, what are your thoughts on the midfield? Uh, I like that Muradian is included because he has been instrumental big time for Ararat Yerevan this season. Even participating with an assist in the cup final, a beautiful assist, by the way, uh, with a through ball. Um, yeah, I love how Muradian defends. Uh, but one thing that doesn't sit right with me, of course, we trust Kaparos fully. But I just want to know why he 
left out uh, Gorian, who is already fit and definitely needs the minutes. Yeah, uh, that was, that was kind of a head-scratcher. That was a head-scratcher yeah, for me. Yeah, I was confused too. there, too. I, I don't know why. I mean, I understand having Gevor Ghazarian there. We, I know that he's the one that I always pick on every single time. I know this. I know what you guys are going to say. He's the experienced player, and you need an experienced player. But, <laughs> he's I mean, the, maybe, the team father. Maybe even... Um, I don't know. Maybe even... Uh, there's. I don't know. I feel like someone could have been left off to have Korean in there. Because especially if you think that Caparros himself has more than once stated that he was most likely going to leave Bato, Joren, and Tico off this this call-up because those three starters are actually suspended for the Macedonian game and they're going to miss the game against Macedonia. So we need more backups to try for that game. And, And... I just don't understand why he called all three of them and left players like Gorian out. He, uh, there are plenty of, you know, potential defenders that could be included. Uh, but in the APL, like Derderian or Ararat, so you get with the choice who's going to be called, Derderian or Ararat. He went with Derderian this time. But with mm-hmm. Gorian, it's very different because Gorian has a past, like playing in top leagues, like, Netherlands and uh, comes from Lokomotiv Moskva and now has had a pretty good Russian Premier League season playing for Rimki in Moscow. But he's been benched since his injury. I don't know what it, what's behind it. Yeah, it should have been an opportunity for him to come and try a little bit because he missed the other games. It was a great opportunity for this. I don't know. There, there's some kind of plan, I guess. In the coaching uh, I, uh, aspect I just, of it, I just hope he's not like uh, fearing a, another injury, you know? Maybe. I just that's hope possible. That's not it. It's management. Well, we'll see. Um, I think uh, my instinct and my gut tells me it's a formation thing. Uh, I think he's focusing a little, but a little bit on the four-four-two right now, and. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe Vahan is the only real number 10 or Vahan and uh, maybe Spertian are the two number 10 options that he chose to look at considering Vahan. He had him in the squad for the World Cup qualifiers and he didn't play him. I don't know. Just trying to trying I, to figure out his way of thinking. I just hope that's the case and not a potential injury issue with Korean. Yeah, I think persistent injuries would be the um, the scarier alternative answer that we don't really want to hear uh well let's move on to the forward section Armen, walk us through who has been called we already talked about sako of Mm -hmm. course it's gonna be called and artur miranian who is a player that has done pretty well in the last uh, few games for the armenian national team so much so that Miranian caught the attention of Ukrainian, Kazakhstani, and uh, Russian clubs, among others. I've always so, known he's been a great player. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> tell, tell, tell the audience, please. So, okay, so guess. I think we were talking about him in our in our WhatsApp group chat, and I and I had mentioned I'm like, okay, he's playing really really well lately. He definitely deserves a call up. This was before the squad had been announced. <laughs> and Armen proceeded to quote every single time in the group chat. I've said I have the, I have the comments here. 
You want to read through I, that? I can read that. I can read through that, definitely. Uh, so, yeah, this is February, okay? <laughs> uh, sit down for a laugh. February. Aram says, I after a Caparros uh, call-up that Miranian got left off, I guarantee you Miranian will never be called up. LMFAO. You are the only one who thinks he's good. <laughs> L- <laughs> LOL. Me. Oh, but Aram, he's good. He's so good. You just don't see it. He just had has had bad luck and or agents and other extra footballistic stuff. Aram, I am telling you, the FFA's new policy is not to call up washed up players. If you're going to call Miranian, might as well call up other washed up players who are equally as S-H-I-T. I nah, proceeded to I say, nah. and, and last comment by Adam. Yeah, bro, if he was any good, he would be playing elsewhere. <laughs> okay, look, <laughs> I know when I'm wrong, and this time I, I was definitely wrong. <laughs> Uh, I think maybe the time that I had um, spent, um, you know, actually paying attention to Miranian was during that time that you were talking about where he's just had very, very bad luck. But he's turned it around. I've watched him play several times lately for Urardu. He's been doing very, very well. Um, and like I said previously, not like any of other striking options are doing anything special on the pitch anyway. If he can be the one to do it, I wouldn't complain. And the last striking option is one very interesting option that we have discussed over the group chat because we're talking about a 21-year-old attacking midfielder, Karim Melkonian, from Urartu as well as, uh, you know, Miranian. So why is Karim Melkonian interesting, you ask? Well, because as we said, he's an attacking midfielder that Caparros apparently sees as a striker this is again i i don't know who puts these graphics together maybe we're being misled maybe melkonian was meant to be put in the midfield and he just no, wasn't for some reason i don't I, think so because the you remember the video that caparros was uh writing the names awfully but misspellings everywhere but writing the names uh, in that yeah the previous one yeah it was beautiful video and he placed like I don't know, Hago uh, Pagopian. He played it. Uh, I think he placed it as a fullback that time. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm, he did. It appeared in the graph. It appeared in the federation graph. Also appeared as a fullback. So, is in my opinion, in my experience, what I could call it, uh, these graphs uh, are basically what Caparros says. You know. Mm. Okay. I think I it's mean, specific. I think he's just gonna give it a little mix. Just like yeah, I think he sees something in Melkonian that could work as a four nine type of thing. You know. Well, I, I know that when when Urardu press uh, and Miranian is uh, clearly plays up top and Melkonian plays behind him, something mm-hmm. whenever they press, they go into like a four four two, and Melkonian is pressing alongside Miranian. So maybe. When he when Kaparos was watching the matches, he says, "Okay, he could be that type of player, similar role to what Sako was playing uh, in the last exactly. few matches." 
So exactly, yeah, so. and that's not that's not the only thing we gotta say about Melkonian, though, is it? Yeah, it's not. Uh, Melkonian was actually one of the players that were featured in Football Gentron's very first Future Stars of Armenian Football, and this squad actually includes four players that we have mentioned as future stars of Armenian football. Um, so. So we're doing a good job. <laughs> I, yeah, we're doing a pretty good job. Pack, uh, pat on the back. I mean, yeah. What are, you, what are you guys waiting for? Go after this one. Go listen to Future Stars 1 and 2. Because Melkonian definitely, we guarantee, it's definitely got, not going to be the last one from our episodes to feature in future national team games. Yeah, we're, we're very confident in the list mm. that we put out. That's 100% sure. Well, as... You may have heard, or as you may have noticed... Insert Imperial um, March from Star Wars. <laughs> da, da, da. <laughs> Let's get in there. We have a listener question from at Vahe Baronian on Twitter, and he asks us, Football Gantuan, are there any red flags for leaving Heno off, or is it just a well-deserved time off needed after a great season with Roma? Um, we were very prepared to answer this question Um when yeah. the initial squad Very. was released. And then something happened. Uh, Henrik Lukitarian on his social media posts, um, if it's actually him, which we can assure you it's not, has posted on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the following quote. To my surprise, I have been informed by the coaching staff of the Armenian national team that, for whatever reasons, I wasn't called up for the upcoming games. The provided official reasons aren't convincing to me. I wish, however, the best of luck to our boys in the matches to come. Now, guys. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Completely, completely unnecessary. In okay. my opinion, completely unnecessary. Go deeper. Go one by one. Uh, Everyone just share your thoughts. I'm going to go deeper. later thoughts. on. Let's start with you. Go. Okay. Well, uh, just like I said, completely unnecessary. I think that it's not the time to to make this um, this type of quote. I, I don't know. Um, with all the results that we are getting, all the attention that we are getting, and we start uh, fighting between us, it's it's really stupid. Uh, and then, well, we have, of course. Like speaking about football, um, the team has played really great. Not because he was missing, but uh, he was missing, and we managed to to get uh, great results. So it's not weird that he's isn't uh, he's not being called up. Um, I said to Armen before. Uh, when the list uh, came came out, that uh, at first I didn't realize that Heno wasn't on the list because I'm used to not seeing him on the list. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> I realized when when I saw this tweet uh, about about him complaining not not being called up. <laughs> uh, now to give us an alternative perspective uh armen share your thoughts oh thoughts with an s <laughs> oh my god yeah uh 
first off, I got to agree with uh, Tito completely unnecessary big time with capital you but from all his statement you know from all the pomposity the only thing he should have said is the last sentence i wish however the best of luck to our boys in the matches to come period why make all the fuss in further all sorts of divides that we have going on right now. I mean, as you said, Adam, Armenians are, like, as you said um, before we started recording, Armenians are in a sensitive place right now, and we don't need these kinds of statements, especially, even more so, and this is me, from a guy that's supposed to be our captain. This is not what a captain does, okay? We have gone through this even before this statement or attempt of a statement and for months prior. Heno is a great player, the best performing Armenian player, not necessarily the best Armenian player because, in my opinion, Aras has more talent, but that's a personal appreciation of mine. He is, hands down, though, the best performing Armenian player. That's that's a fact. Uh, but he's definitely not a leader. He's definitely not a leader uh, off the pitch, in the locker rooms. Hovani Sampatrumian himself, you guys remember, I believe you do, Hovani uh, Sampatrumian and Kaparos said in uh, previous conference presses how literally when the, and I quote, when the most high profile figures uh, don't show up, is could also be, as last year showed, when the team picks up the game and gets the results it wanted. And I unquote. That was not making like a direct uh, confrontation, but it was obvious that it was a jab at Heno. Why would you criticize Heno implicitly if he's like a leader you follow? I don't think he's a leader to, to follow. I think he's a good guy. I know he's a good guy because I have people like acquaintances that told me in person, but he's definitely not the guy that manages his own schedule. He's definitely not uh, a captain material. And he's definitely the team, not the person who tweeted this out. That's, that's not, for sure. Not, yeah, not even close. Uh, but also from football terms, speaking in football terms, as Tito said, the team just plays better without him because I was thinking, you know, uh, there's the the, the, the off-the-pitch uh, factor and the on-the-pitch factor here. And the on-the-pitch factor is that for six years now, and I kid you guys not, for six years now, after Heno got sold from Borussia Dortmund to, to Man United, that's when Heno started to play bad for the national team. I don't know what happened. I... By now, I don't care what happened. I just care about what I saw and what we all saw in every national team camp. It was Heno looking afraid. It was Heno looking even at times uninterested. It was Heno like not going to tackle when he was supposed to. It was him missing passes, like obvious, short, easy passes. Mm -hmm. It was him being literally the worst performer in a team full of supposedly bad players. 
if supposedly bad players play better than you, then I don't know what you got, what you're doing there. You gotta earn your spot. I mean, and we can go on deeper on this mm-hmm. and on Caparros's decision, which I we all fully support. Uh, luckily here, uh, but yeah, this is a meritocracy. This is no longer you have a name you can play. No. It doesn't matter. We are all equals. And if we want to be the best version of ourselves, we got to fight for a spot and win our spot fair and square. And I'm glad that's that's the case. Well, me too. Uh, Chadens, what are your thoughts? If anyone falls asleep while I'm explaining my thoughts, it's okay. Because uh, it's long and it's descriptive. Uh, so I'll say, first and foremost... <laughs> There is a reason for why he reacted, uh, especially his frustration. Even though if he didn't tweet that out, we don't know or we know. I don't know at this point. Um, but it, it, has, it is understood that loud and clear he has shown great performances the whole season at Roma. That's why he was he's behaving like this. He's an exceptional player. That's for sure. But it is unnecessary to direct anything towards the squad. And I will get to this very soon. I'll also get to the comments and tweets I've been reading all over social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, to see what the fans think. And uh, there are some very specific conclusions out of it. Now, beginning with the uh, why he was left out, in my eyes, it actually makes sense why he was left out. We're not competing against other teams, Croatia and Sweden, in the friendlies, but our squads. And what I mean by this is that we have seen a large development of our na- uh, of our national team squads since the Nations League, so since November. Uh, many players have been deployed by Caparos, and it is something that uh, a high-tier manager would be trying with his team in the national team. And he truly succeeded, we have to admit, and it is very tough to do that, especially with the, the, the state of the team that it was in a few years ago it is risky at the start but exceptional as a result if it has gone as planned which is going as planned right now that is why he's trying to use different these friendlies as an opportunity to bring on more players and now that we have croatia and sweden which are massive teams and they are going to be participating in the euros in june we have something to show that leads me to another point. It's for depth reasons. There's no reason why a quality player should come and play this kind of games and something happened to him all of a sudden. You never know with injuries. You can, you're, you're never sure. So this is a massive test to see who can make it for the World Cup squad uh, and who we can deploy in the next months so it is not just Heno in the Armenian national team uh, I'm kind of directing this to the audience because many people know that it's just Heno representing our national team and about the comments and tweets it's those are necessary as well sure I understand that everyone would have loved to see Henrik play but I think the deeper problem is that Many people don't know that we have more quality than just Heno himself. He's not the only uh, he's not the only player in our national team. 
but unfortunately that's the only thing that most of the world knows and we are more than that also there are people who are using this as political uh, thoughts with Kaparov's decision that's very stupid and it's very unnecessary to actually say that because politics does not match with football so it should not i mean exactly it, it, does, it shouldn't not it from the i first agree that it, it's mostly harmful you know yeah and you know the federation made a statement today and they reiterated that walking Kaparos has full autonomy when it comes to squad selection they pretty much confirmed that in the past the football federation had a hand in who was selected and who wasn't but they said very vividly we don't make the choice he makes the choice and they also talked about how certain people in within armenia and within the diaspora were using this specific thing to further a political agenda the federation clearly stated there's nothing political about this the coach decided i don't want him right now and you know what he has to accept it period so i think what Mer we can do Mer now meritocracy baby yeah and it's you know what we have no doubt about him getting selected Exactly. For September matches. He's going to be selected. Let the other play people play. We know how good Henrik is. We have enough footage of Henrik. And Kaparos has <laughs> enough footage of Henrik. To know exactly what he wants to do with him in his system. And the major thing I got. That a lot of people were telling me. Was oh don't you think he should get practice with the team. If this is such a new look team. And I'm like no not necessarily. Because if you have a world class coach. Which uh, we do. And if you have a world class player. Which Henrik is. It shouldn't take more than an hour in a film room for Joaquin Kapados and his coaching staff to get his message across to Henrik of what he wants to do on the pitch. It doesn't matter. Henrik's a, an amazing player. Henrik has like some of the best like vision in all of world football. He's going to know the role of everyone else. He's been watching the games just like you and me. He knows what's going on, and he has a lot a bigger football IQ than all of us. So if he's watching these games, he could see the tactics. No, he doesn't necessarily need to play with them. He's not 12. He knows. It's a dumb argument. I'm sorry. And I'm sure that makes sense to a lot of people. And I've even had coaches uh, tweet me saying that, no, he should, he should be practicing. He should get some practice time with them. But you know what? This isn't local level. This isn't, um, this isn't you know, AYSO. This isn't even college. We're talking about a seasoned world-class professional. He doesn't need to do that. This is a national team. National teams used to not even get this much time together. It's a, it's a moot. It's a moot point. Anyway, moving on to the next topic, uh, which is the friendly matches that Armenia is going to be playing. So first up, we have Croatia. Um, Croatia, of course, the uh, finalists in the last iteration of the FIFA World Cup. Uh, they lost to France, who, in my opinion, are the favorites to win uh, these Euros. And now, uh, just a quick overview of this Croatia squad. Lots of players that play in very high-quality teams. We're talking Leipzig. We're talking Lille, who just won uh, uh, Liga Atletico Madrid, Zenit, Marseille, Real Madrid, Chelsea, Inter, Genoa, Atlanta, Seska, Inter, Hoffenheim, Wolfsburg, Dinamo Zagreb. Osasuna, AC Milan, these guys play in top, top, top European teams. 
They are oh, currently <laughs> they're currently top of their World Cup qualifying group. They have two wins and one loss. Uh, they had a one to loss to Slovenia, uh, which was weird. Uh, they had a one one nil win over Cyprus, so they narrowly beat Cyprus, and they have a three zero win over Malta, which you would very much anticipate them to dominate and win. They are joint top with Russia at six points currently, uh, and Russia has the same two wins and one loss. Uh, and their Euro group is Group D with the Czech Republic, England, and Scotland. Now, here's the question I'm posing to you guys. How do we expect Kaparos to approach this match? Talking formation, personnel, youth versus experience. Is he going to play new players? Um, is winning more important or is testing the players more important? Uh, let's start with you, Tito. What do you think? I think he should start with the experienced team. Um, uh, you can't just start all the, these new players that they play uh, on the domestic league and they never played against uh, such great players like Croatia is presenting. So um, I think that uh, winning is not important on this match. Oh, against uh, Sweden also is not important. Is the important thing is testing the players uh, through the match. Like uh, on the second half, uh, I think he should start getting uh, all the young players if we are not losing like i don't know like 5-0 <laughs> or something like that but i think uh, he's looking for more um like chances like for more depth and seeing how the team functions yeah i i agree i don't think results are as important in this um i i know that if we lose everyone's going to be like oh henrik yeah if he played we would have won not the case we probably would have lost worse anyway um <laughs> it's true <laughs> which is true <laughs> that, so that, I, that those comments are stupid uh, <laughs> i agree they're very stupid but you know what yeah and they're they're always in line you know you expect them by now yeah Of There's course, always yeah. going to be stupid people commenting stupid stuff from both sides of any spectrum. So just, eh. Well, yeah. you know what? I think as long as these players take their chance, and I'm looking at specific players in in our um, in our squad, such as Girard Charoyan. I want, I would love to see him score a goal because you know he's itching for that. Uh, Eduard Spertian. I want to see a solid 90 minutes from him. Uh, Vahan Bichakchan, I really, really think he needs a breakthrough. Um, I think he's a little bit stagnant right now, and he has been for the past few months because he hasn't. He's been coming off the bench a lot for Jelena. I, I feel like he really mm. needs. He has something to prove, you know. Uh, so those are three players in particular, uh, and Artur Miranian. I'm very much looking forward to seeing how he performs. Um, so again, not necessarily about results, but uh, Chadens, what do you think? What do you think the approach is going to be? against Croatia? Testing, definitely is going to be testing. Um, it's going to be friendly, so I'm guessing there's going to be unlimited subs, right? So, uh, it's, it's again, just, I think, testing. I, I We cannot be sure of what we're fully expecting, even though it's going to be a, a difficult match with all the quality players they have against us. Uh, on the other hand, they have some, the other teams have something to prove. We have something to to uh, 
to show ourselves, our own squad, what we can do. They have a point of what they can do as Croatia uh, in the Euros. So both teams are, it's going to be the same with Sweden, I think. Uh, that it's it, both teams are going to be going with different uh, aims to the match. So it's going to be testing, mixing, uh, trying out new players, uh, also trying to go as it was before. Mm-hmm. It's going to be steady. Yeah, so I think we're looking at individual performances. We know Croatia... They're, I don't know if the, the manager is planning on you know pull, putting out the strongest lineup possible right off the bat. I highly doubt that. I'm sure there are a couple of positions that are up for grabs and players are going to try to you know work for them. And so this is a team that's preparing for a major tournament. And this is probably going to be the best team we faced in over a year. Uh, not probably, definitely is going to be the best team we faced in over a year. So it's going to be a good test. Um Let's see. Moving on to Sweden. Uh, Armenia is then, after playing Croatia, going to be traveling to Sweden, where they will be playing the Swedes uh, in their final match uh, until our World Cup qualifiers in September. Sweden is currently second in their World Cup qualifying Group B behind Spain and ahead of our buddies uh, Greece and our, uh, our those other guys, Georgia or whatever. So... <laughs> Sweden have two wins, zero draws, and zero losses. They have a 1-0 win versus Georgia and a 3-0 win versus Kosovo. Their Euro group is Group E and consists of Spain again, Slovakia, and Poland. How can we expect Kaparos to approach this match? So Sweden is a lot more similar to Armenia than we think. They had a very big issue known as Zlatan Ibrahimovic. They were playing with Ibrahimovic. He's clearly their star player. He's a unreal striker. I've seen him play in person. He's crazy. But every time they played with Ibrahimovic, they played terribly. And then when Ibra retired from international duty, they started to play really, really well. So this is a very well team-oriented Sweden. They are not like Croatia, where they play at Real Madrid, Chelsea, teams like that. Don't get me wrong. The Swedish players play at very good teams at high levels. They have a player at Juventus. They have a player at Sociedad, at Manchester United, uh, Copenhagen, Everton, Newcastle, Sampdoria, Watford. They have players in, in very high places. Definitely much more better than, than Armenia, for sure. How do you approach a more defensive team-oriented team like Sweden versus uh, a very individualistic and super talented Croatia? What do you think, Armin? Well, hang on, there it is. Uh, I don't know. I, I got to agree with the guys. You know, this is a window that's going to be about testing and results are not are important partially because you don't care if you lose, but you don't want to lose by too much because it's still a game against uh, great teams, teams that you want to do well against. Uh, I don't know. For, for, they're Scandinavian, just like Iceland. And I, I guess I, their players are maybe more balanced than Iceland, that had more like big-sized 
type of players. Yep. Would have said and, the same. Yep. Yeah, and, and Iceland play more long balls, uh, crosses, like play a little too much off the ground. And, and Sweden is a bit more balanced, but still we can take them. And uh, actually an int- interesting fact is that Sweden has three players uh, from Krasnodar. So I'm, uh, I guess Spertian must know them well. Amongst them is experienced striker Markus Berg. Uh, I, I don't know if that's the correct transition. Okay. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot to say, man. I, there's also the U21 players that are not going to be available against Sweden. So if they do play, uh, players like Derderian, like Sharoyan, uh, uh, Goli, Narcissian, those guys would play an, uh, in the first game if they play. So mm-hmm. there's another question for Caparros. What, what do you do? You know, uh, Do you sub those in against Croatia? Do you start them? It's there's a lot of question marks for Caparros, and there should be from our end, from the fans, more understanding than there's been. There has been like a core of fans, a big number of fans that are like us, you know, just wait and see, trust the process, don't try to say anything too rash. But there's also the other part, you know, and I don't. Caparros doesn't need more conflict than he's already having. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So these two matches, again, uh, are going to be played on June 1st against Croatia, and that's going to be in the Vjelka Gorica Stadium. Uh, I hope I said that right. And against Sweden on June, 6th, June 5th excuse me, in Stockholm. Uh, at the Friends Arena. So we are very excited uh, that the national team is back. Time kind of flew by from the uh, the first set of yeah. World Cup qualifiers. And honestly, I'm hoping the time goes by just as fast because I can't wait for September. Um, now, I'm going to go one by one to each of you guys. What is something specific, super detailed, that you want to see in either one of these matches? So that could be something like, I want to see Chagoyan score a goal, or I want to see... Uh, on dribble past two, three players. What's something specific that you guys want to see in these matches? We'll start with you, Tito. I think that uh, what you said, I, I agree with you. I'm expecting maybe Shagoyan or or Bichachian to to score a goal or, or give a like a good image so they can maybe push for. A really good transfer because mm-hmm. these are both great games for showing. Agreed. Uh, let's see, Chadens, what do you got for us? Two two things. One is uh, to concede as little goals as possible. Well, how many goals between the two games? What's like your target? What would you say? Between the two games. In total, not to concede more than three. Okay. And in uh, attacking-wise, to have a better, more efficient way of attacking than the the last few games that we played for the World Cup. 
So, so you're saying more efficient attacking? So concede, so be more like convert chances more. That's what you're saying. Mm, not necessarily yes. Not necessarily create more chances, but but create no create as well. So okay. be more be more create be more be more fluid with the uh, with the attack. Okay. Uh, be more confident with the attack to show us that they they have improved in the attack. Okay, and on menu. Uh, yeah, I want to see the same as Dito, really. I, I want to see the, the younger ones. And I bet that's one of Caparros' main objectives, main goals. I want to see the younger ones, especially the ones playing in Armenia, that get that have even less uh, attention, in a way. Like, I don't know, Terderian, Hachumian, Hagopian, and up top... Uh, Tavitian, Miranian, and Melkonian, those six players, I want to see them play good. And some of them won't play against Sweden, as we said, but say Tavitian, Spertian, and Miranian that are definitely not available to play for the U21 mm-hmm. will play against Sweden. I hope they have a great game uh, in more than 30 minutes each. Yeah, that, that's. I completely agree. Uh, and let me say mine. I want to see David Davidian dribble past three players and give mm. an assist. That's that's you know, my. Okay, that's pretty specific. You ha- let's double down a little. Okay. Which three players? Oh, I'm not going to give you three players. Jesus Christ, bro. I don't know who's going to start. <laughs> no, but I, I specifically, but I will put money that David Davidian will dribble past three players in, in a single dribble, and I think he will assist one goal. That's what I think. So Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah, I hope. Well, <laughs> that wraps it up for the Armenian national team. Uh, the matches are coming thick and fast, uh, and we will be also wrapping up the games. We haven't decided yet if we're going to do it directly after the uh, the Croatia game and then one at, and then again after uh, Sweden. We still haven't made those decisions, but we'll let you guys know on social media what we decide to do. Okay, so um, quickly to wrap up the show, the Armenia Under-21 Championship uh, squad has been announced. The player list includes several players that we had previously mentioned who are called up for the senior national team, such as Nersesian and Sharoyan. And they will be playing against the Faroe Islands on June 6th. So Rafael Nazarian, who is the current Armenia Under-21 national team manager, has all these players at his disposal, and he has who mainly play for Bekma in Armenia. And he has also called up uh, Herman Kurbashian, who we're very excited to see more. Uh, he's also invited Yerjanik Kurbasarian. Again, very much excited to see more. And I was looking at the um, midfield list. Armen, there was that player that we had spoken about. He's not on. He's not being called up again. Is that correct? His name's escaping me at the moment. Uh, is it Abo Vavetisian? Yes, Abo Vavetisian. Yes. Yeah, it's it, more defend defensive. He's a defensive mid slash all uh, all sorts of defender. He came off to score a beautiful goal against uh, some Hungarian second division team. I don't remember in uh, in Hungary. You know, uh, 
And we know that he's a defensive player. We've talked about Abo in our previous episode, Future Stars number two, go listen, because he's huge physically. <laughs> but he surprised us, actually, with some real nice skills and dribble and shot talent, mm-hmm. which makes him pretty complete of a player. Yeah, so um, he's not called up. I'm not sure what the exact reason is for that. We we kind of had expected that maybe he would be. Um, but you know what? It's okay. Let's see what the under-21s can do against Faroe Islands. Their group is France, Serbia, Ukraine, North Macedonia, and Faroe Islands. Uh, so this is going to be the first match again on June 8th. And hopefully they could kick it off with three points. And we could see our under-21s kind of, uh, you know do um do something good now let's wrap up the show with uh, a listener question uh alexander kutakos from twitter asks how do you guys assess mukhitaryan as a super sub for the national team well who wants to take this one chadens well well he's he's not even in the squad but but let's we just say pro- it's a let's proposal. Just, yeah, it's a proposal. So he's kind of framing it as instead of ha- putting a lot of pressure on Henrik that he has to start every game, you know, and whatnot, just saying, how would you feel if he was a super sub? Let's say come qualifiers in September. I think in September, everyone needs to be a super sub. That's too much to ask. But <laughs> I want our national team to be... Uh, to be one of the teams that is feared. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyone, I think anyone, not just Mkhitaryan, needs to be a, a, a player who's recognized. Mm-hmm. It, well, that's a good point because uh, against Romania, Sako Aldamian, who was by far the most recognizable player on Armenia squad because he plays you know, for Hoffenheim in the Bundesliga, he started on the bench and he came off as a super sub at halftime. And that was very much as Capado said in an interview after planned ahead. You know, they said Sako in the third game, you're going to start on the bench. You're going to come off at halftime and you're going to kick ass. So uh, Alex, to answer your question, honestly, dude, I'm not, I'm not against it. That sounds like a good idea. It's pretty scary. I think if we're playing against, you know, Germany, for example, and Henrik Mkhitaryan is coming off the bench, you know, after 45 minutes, that Mm -hmm. could shake some boots. Um, yeah. Anything else, Armin, uh, Tito? Do you have anything to add? It's a yes for me. Tito, what do you think? No, I think it's insane. (laughs) 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 Why? Despite what I, uh, ah, despite what I have just said, um, I really want to see Heno playing on the team, and I think that if uh Cabarros give me gives him the chance in September he would be uh a really important piece for the for the national team but well like i said no it, it, it's not uh i don't know how to say it it's not insane that he wasn't called up for these games but seeing him as a super sub, I think it's insane. <laughs> so you're saying if he's your best player, he he has to be starting. Yeah, and, and 
I, I don't want to go to go back to the other uh, subject, but uh -huh. uh, I, I have to. <laughs> he he's our he's our best player. The team has worked uh, had work without him. Uh, it's not crazy to have two games without him, but it's not like he's not going to play again for the national team or that he is like on the lowest tier of the national team right mm -hmm. now. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. That was actually uh, misinformation. That's yeah. what, I'm, what I'm saying. So, someone on, on Reddit that posted the, um, the, the tweet on the Armenian national team subreddit, the way he framed it, he said... I'm I'm gonna find it, but pretty much he said Henrik's never gonna play for Armenia ever again. It's like, where did you get that from? Like, how did saying how did you go from Henrik saying upcoming matches, which clearly means the friendlies, upcoming matches, yeah, to going to uh, Henrik's never playing again? Like, if it's uh, something, if it's something political, maybe he will never play again. I don't. But there, let's hope there it, is. It isn't that there is there yeah. is a political aspect. I don't think we should get into it. We're not a political show, but we won't. And and Hino will play again. I mean, even if there we know there is a political aspect, but this is not the end of Hino's career, national team career. Trust me. Yeah, he's just being a little drama queen. <laughs> Look, I'll, yep, like, yep. I'll refer to what I said before about it, but I'll be more direct. I'm not. I'm not generalizing people. I'm not generalizing no. our audience. I'm not criticizing anyone. But our I think what is, is lacking, what is lacking is the fact that people, people as in those who come up and try to search Armenian football do not know beyond Mkhitaryan and possibly Mosisian. And Whoever is actually listening to this show, whoever is following to the show, I encourage you, share the show, share about Armenian football, share about any kind of football that we talk about, because it's not just Mkhitaryan. It's mm -hmm. every player that we have. It's, exactly. That's what we are. We're not just Henrik-based. It's not just Kim Kardashian. It's like that. Exactly. It's, he, yeah. They might be representing the football aspect, mm -hmm. but it's not going to be eternal. They will have a legacy, but it's exactly. not something eternal. Exactly. We are and a team. So share, uh, try to teach anyone because we have a lot of uh, different. We're not. We don't just have Armenian uh, mm -hmm. audience. We have a large, actually non different, yeah. uh, non yeah. diverse non-Armenian. So, so that's so what I encourage. More. There's so much more to us than Heno, than Kim. There's yeah. that the, the little the little you know, system of a down. There's yeah. so much more. You just yeah. have Our, to dig deeper. And you know, I, and this is something that I've said several times, and this is something that before I, I ever started writing, before the podcast, before anything, I would always say this to people. I would say, you know, from what I've seen, from what I understand, from all the research I've done, the things I've watched, I know that 10, 15, 20 years down the line, we're going to look back and we're going to say, 
you know, Henrik is in the top five greatest Armenian players of all time. You know, I hope Henrik isn't the best player we ever have. I hope he's not. I hope he's not even in the top 10 of the best players we ever have. You know, I hope we get to a point Mm -hmm. where we look back at Henrik like we, you know, uh, like, I don't like we look back like Germany looks back in the 70s to their teams, you know, because right now Mm -hmm. Germany team's pretty good. They just won a World Cup, you know, (laughs) fairly recently. So it's that's just my mindset. And, And like we say, and like is the mission of Football Genshon, is we want to spread Armenian football to the English-speaking world, and we want to, you know, provide that information. And that's why we do things like the Future Stars. That's why we record these episodes. That's why we're super obsessive about everything, is because, one, we care, (laughs) and two, we're we're trying to spread the message that Armenian football is a lot more than just Mokitania. So if you listen to the show, I'm sure you already know this, uh, so that's why we encourage you to please share, please like, uh, do everything, and, and and help us spread the word. Because un- ultimately, the our show and what we do is only going to get as far as you, the listener, lets it go. So we very much urge you and encourage you to please share, uh, please like, please follow us on socials. And remember, games are Tuesday the 1st versus Croatia, Saturday the 5th versus Sweden. And um, get, like I said, listen to our old episodes. Future Stars 1 and 2 is already out. Got some fantastic players if you want to know more about some of the players that were called up in this squad. Um, and, uh, yeah, um, there's no song of the day today. Sorry, we forgot to pick. Um, <laughs> and the, it, uh, This was already way too much to talk about. Yeah, it exactly. takes a lot. And we're already an hour and 22 minutes into our recording, but this is going to get cut, so it's going to be a lot less than that. We're anyway, going to go to Tebi Hachtanak. Tebi Hachtanak. So we will see <laughs> you guys uh, after the... Croatia game probably uh, and then again after the Sweden game we'll decide how we're going to do that and we'll let you guys know. Thank you for listening to Football Gentron. I have been Autumn and on behalf of Tito, Ottoman and Chadens thank you for listening. Goodbye. On to victory. <laughs>